You're listening to My Friend's Place on WGOT LP Gainesville. Texas has always led the charge. Well, till about like a couple months ago, and then Austin sort of took over. Like, I don't know, guys. Like, Texas was leading the charge. You're still top 25. But we got to work on that stuff because those people have lost their minds. Right?
comes to beauty Almost inevitably And now this I see Right here at home In the USA Things get worse each day I hope I'm not too late To pack my things and go Where I wanna be It's not where you expect They have a place for me Just the way I am, I long for 
It's coming on to 13 years together, babe I pray that it's a luck A lucky, lucky number And although I know I brought you joy and happiness, babe I've also been a fuck for country thoughts for anger
All right, that is some Rufus Wainwright, A Peaceful Afternoon, and A Peaceful Afternoon here in the studio for WGOT, located within the Civic Media Center. Hope you are really enjoying today's broadcast, and uh, played Rufus Wainwright for a purpose, because it's his birthday, born on 1973, Rufus Wainwright, uh, July 22nd, 1973, um, born to folk singers Katie McGarr. McGargle, McGarrigle, sorry about that, and Loudon Wainwright in uh, New York City, actually, and he spent much of his childhood raised by his mother in Quebec. Um, also happening today, another birthday of pretty uh, significant note, Don Henley of the Eagles, born in Gilmer, Texas. <laughs> Is there a more Texas-sounding town than Gilmer? I, I don't know, but anyway, uh, Don Henley, born this day, July 22nd, 1947, so... Um, Happy birthday to both of them, and as always, I appreciate everyone tuning in, uh, whether you're listening to the radio broadcast or a later podcast of My Friend's Place here on WGOT LP Gainesville. You can have a fun afternoon, uh, so uh, stick with us and hear lots of new music, uh, a little bit of news, and then uh, some other kind of uh, movie reviews and other odd oddities that have been going through my mind. Uh, so one of those would be... Um, the history of condiments. Now, normally at this time uh, in the show, do a little bit of history in music and kind of uh, entertainment history. And really, not a whole lot happened on July 22nd other than the aforementioned uh, birthdays for Don Henley and Rufus Wainwright. So, um, I was kind of looking for something else to fill a little bit of time and then posted a, a meme on uh, the WGOT Facebook page. So, if you're not a member or you haven't liked it, go over there if you want to see the meme that I'm speaking about. But basically, it is uh, A1 steak sauce, and there's a little tiny caption or a little uh, lettering on the bottle that says, since 1862. And someone wrote, well, that's pretty interesting that it would have been invented in 1862 because <laughs> America would have been right in the middle of the Civil War. So, uh, who's sitting around making steak sauce? You know, during the, the Civil War. But as it turns out, as someone on our uh, Facebook page pointed out, it wasn't actually invented in America. So, you know, I guess kind of it's interesting because automatically you have to think, oh, steak sauce, that's got to be an American uh, invention. That's our American exceptionalism, of course. Um, but it turns out A1 sauce is not an American product. So I thought it would be super interesting to do a, a condiment deep dive and today we'll start this uh, new segment here on my friend's place so let's do a deep dive into a1 steak sauce so um, here is what i've learned and i know you're super excited to, to hear this information and share it with your friends and family so here we go so it turns out a1 sauce was first invented by henderson william brand who was a personal chef for King George IV from 1824 to 1831. Now, supposedly, King George tasted the sauce and voiced his approval by pronouncing it A1. There you go. Talk about branding. Even back in 1824, we got some branding going on almost uh, 200 years ago. Uh, so, Brand was appointed the cook and manager of cuisine at... The 1862 International Exhibition in London, where he debuted Brand's International Sauce, 
which which was very popular at the time. So that's where the 1862 comes from on the bottle. Now, um, are you wondering about the ingredients of A1 steak sauce? Oh, I knew you would be. So here are the basic ingredients uh, for the one in the U.S., because actually, depending on where you are in the world, uh, A1 varies in the ingredients that are found in the bottle. So uh, particularly in Canada, I think has a, a much different type of uh, ingredients. But in the United States, A1 sauce has tomato puree, raisin paste, spirit vinegar, corn, corn syrup, salt, crushed orange puree, dried garlic and onions, spice, celery seed, caramel color, potassium sorbate, and xanthan gum, which apparently is in every manufactured product. So, um, as we said earlier, the one that we have in the United States is much different than the uh, one in England and also in Canada. So, of those ingredients, one of the most important ones is actually the raisin paste, which sounds disgusting, but actually had a really important purpose for A1 steak sauce. So, H.W. Brand's stroke of genius is that he used... Um, and other sauces and prepared uh, foods ever since. And he did that because the antioxidants and raisins helped slow the decay of beef in the days before refrigeration. And they also helped mask the taste of decaying beef. So that's kind of an interesting side fact that uh, basically A1 was developed to hide the taste of rotten beef. Um, so let's see. Uh, ch -ch -ch -ch. So it's existed in some form or another since 1862. Um, also in that recipe, the distilled vinegar has a utility uh, beyond just the taste. Basically, it works as a meat tenderizer. Um, so since the beginning, A1 sauce used a more expensive malt uh, vinegar. And then uh, older versions of the sauce actually used orange marmalade instead of orange puree. And of course, uh, all the spices and herbs are trade secret like uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, more recently, Craft uh, Food Group you know, dropped steak from the iconic steak sauce brand's name in 2014. And why did they do that? Well, because of a decline in sales of beef while chicken is on the rise. So I guess the idea is that you would put A1 steak sauce on your chicken or your pork or whatever. Um, interestingly enough, even though A1 sauce originated in uh, Britain, no longer really available in UK. You kind of have to seek it out. And instead, you have to find um, A1. You have to find A1 with the two periods. That's used on the American label, and it's been phased out at British supermarkets uh, going back to the 1970s. So British product, American-made, uh, I guess, and then uh, British rejected again. So really hope you enjoyed that deep dive into... Um, condiment history next week we'll explore the history of russian dressing is it really russian or is it something else but before we do so let's get back into some more on music don't have a steak sauce song but i do have a duck sauce song this is captain duck one of the most played songs you heard in 2020 on my friend's place hope you enjoy it he said captain
said what? He said captain, I said what you want. He said captain, I said what? He said captain, I said what? He said captain, I said what? He said captain, I said what you want. He said captain, he said what?
so fierce you can't hide Takes you Thank you.
a new one from Tops Party again. Very much channeling some 80s pop energy on that one. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed listening to My Friend's Place here this afternoon. Or maybe you're listening at a different time, I suppose, whether it's a podcast or you're listening to the replays on Friday or Sunday, which are technically both afternoons. So either you're listening live on the radio in the afternoon or you're listening to a podcast at some other time. Thank you for listening. One way or the other, I'm going to find you. Or you're going to find me. I don't know. I don't know how the song goes. But uh, just to, to uh, kind of clarify that, if you want to hear more of my friend's place or my other uh, more techno and house um, type show, you can find me online by typing in Cramela, which is C-R-A-M-E-L-A. Type in Cramela Mix Show and you'll find past episodes of both My Friend's Place and Cramela Mix Show that you can stream, download, or whatever you want to do with it. You could actually, I suppose, here's one thing you could do. If you hate the show, you could stream it or download it. Download it to your computer, then take a CD or maybe you have an old uh, cassette deck. But anyway, put it like on physical media, like a CD or something, and then you could actually burn it. And if you do that, you know, send me a picture of you burning my show uh, to Cramwell Mix Show at Facebook or um, Fred Souter at WGOT Radio. Both of those would work pretty well. So anyway, before we head into some movie and television reviews, here is what you heard in the last half hour on My Friend's Place, uh, leading things right after the break, maybe the most played song of 2020 on uh, My Friend's Place, you had Duck Sauce with Captain Duck, celebrating the history of A1 Steak Sauce. So if you missed that, if you missed that deep dive into um, A1 Steak Sauce and you're really interested about the history, then a really convenient way to do, you could, you could wait for My Friend's Place to be rebroadcast on Friday at 2 p.m. Just wait around till like, I don't know, 2.30. Or um, if you're listening on, actually... It would be, yeah, no, it would be 2.30. Gosh, I'm not even sure when my show's playing anymore. But anyway, on Sunday, right around 12.30, you can hear that deep dive into A1 Steak Sauce history. And just, it'll blow your mind, the truth behind A1 Steak Sauce. Or you can find me online again at Cramel Mix Show, which is C-R-A-M-E-L-A. It's a made-up name, so I'm still the only Cramel in the world, which makes it easy to find me if you can actually spell the name. But anyways, um, after Duck Sauce, you heard Girl K. Girl K is for the people. Then Central Heat Exchange with dire- Directly Down featuring Varsity. Then it was a Tropical F Storm. Can't say the F here on Community Radio, uh, but you might know what it stands for. It's one of the most naughty words, I suppose, for radio. But anyway, that song titles New Romeo Agent. Then one you heard last week uh, from Waves Sinking Feeling. And they get you officially called up to everything you heard this week on My Friend's Place. So let's do a little bit of movie and TV reviews before we head into more uh, mostly brand new music. So what I've been watching, you know, quite a few things actually, but I'm only going to talk about a couple of them because otherwise I would bore you to tears. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to talk about is a movie. And that has been out for a while. It was making its HBO Max premiere, something I had never heard of, called The Empty Man. Now, I'm a pretty big horror fan, so I usually kind of know what movies are coming out and um, where they are. I had never heard of this horror movie on HBO. I was kind of flipping around the channels. Actually, yeah, I'm still old school like that. I have uh, on YouTube TV, you can kind of flip around, um, kind of see what's going on instead of just streaming everything. But anyway, I came across it. Kind of looked up the description, and then something really caught me off guard. It was like a two-hour and 20-minute movie. So I'm going in thinking like, oh, this is going to be Slenderman, 
Candyman, that, that type style slasher ripoff movie, and then you see the runtime, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. Well, what are they going to do for two hours and 20 minutes? And it turns out they do some pretty cool things. So, uh, like I said, the setup is that it's basically going to be a ring movie, not doorbell. So it's only like The Ring or Candyman or Slenderman, that type of uh, urban legend. And then it goes into a weird, very, very weird cult movie that is a very slow burn and not not much gore at all. Um, very little gore for a horror movie. And it takes a very long time to get to the ending. So I know some people automatically are going, well, that's not going to be for me. But if you like slow burn, weird um, a lot of stuff not exactly explained. You just kind of come up with your own uh, definition of what happened. Then Empty Man would be for you, especially if you have a subscription to HBO Max already. So um, right after watching the movie, I wasn't really sure, like, was this a good movie? Would I recommend this? But a couple of days later, I think that I would. It's an interesting two-and-a-half-hour, basically, cult movie. Then also, uh, two television shows. The first, um, of course, he's going to be totally spoiler-free. Um, Loki. So Loki, another Marvel show, and I'm one of the people, and I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this uh, radio broadcast or podcast saying, oh, I'm pretty over, like, all the Marvel stuff. It is just too much. And I'm kind of the same person. I have not seen... A lot of the Marvel movies, anyway. I've only probably seen about 25% of them. And I've really, the only movie that I've seen directly connected to Loki was Thor Ragnarok, which is a, a Taika Waititi movie. And I watched it for that reason, and it's a very good movie, by the way. Um, but I kind of know, like, the basic plot points of uh, Avengers and Adventures Endgame, even though I've never seen the movie. So. I bring this up because, like, the big question that a lot of people that are thinking about watching Loki ask uh, is, um, do I have to know a lot about the Marvel Universe? Am I too far behind? Will I not get it? And my answer is, no, you're definitely not. It kind of works as a standalone type series because I knew nothing or almost nothing about a lot of the characters in the movie other than the fact that I did read comic books as a kid and that I knew, like, the main uh, talking points of Avengers Endgame. That was enough to get me through it. It's basically a time travel um, type series, which relies a lot on uh, stealing stuff from Doctor Who. Yeah, the English uh, series about you know, science fiction and time travel. So it relies heavily on that, and it's got a great cast. Tom Middleston is great as Loki, and they bring in Owen Wilson kind of as uh, a spoil, more or less. And um, it's very clever. I really enjoyed it a lot. I'm not going to give away any of the deets, any of the details on that, because uh, I know there are people that are watching it, uh, Fred Souter being one of them, and uh, there are some things I would like to talk about, but I'll just avoid that. So definitely high recommendation uh, for Loki. A lot of people are saying, is it as good as, worse than, better than WandaVision, which premiered um, a couple of weeks or months maybe before Loki came out. I would say it's pretty um, even. I really like the WandaVision show because it delved deep into classic uh, sitcom area, and I knew all those references a lot more than I did the Marvel references, by the way, and I really enjoyed that. But um, if you forced me to say which one I enjoyed more, probably Loki a little bit more. It's more uh, a little bit more fun and a little bit more self-contained story, at least for me. 
Then also the other um, series that I'm going to recommend is a Stephen King series, which unfortunately is buried on Apple Plus TV. And not a lot of people have Apple Plus. I get that. Um, but it's Lisey's story. Gosh, that always messes me up her name. But anyway, it is a Stephen King's attempt, or uh, not attempt, but his execution, I think, of his vision of what a romance novel would be. So you have this author and his wife, the, the author has uh, passed away, and there's all kinds of people that want to get um, basically things that they believed he wrote um, that she was hiding as far as like manuscripts and unpublished works, and it kind of builds around that. There's all kinds of other like Stephen Kingy things like transporting to extra dimensions and monsters and um, issues with fans. So I kind of believe I don't know that much about the writing of the story or his uh, or what went into it. I think a lot of it's autobiographical for uh, Stephen King. I know for a fact that part of it's based on he almost died when he had I think double pneumonia one year. So he's actually escaped death quite a few times and he got run down uh, when he was out walking maybe and almost died from that. So uh, Lizzie's story is got a lot of things that you would expect out of a normal Stephen King um, type series. But like I said, it, it is truly his um, vision of what a romance novel would be. And it's got like great art direction and great cast and a really, really cool monster at the end. So I really highly recommend if you can find this on Apple Plus, uh, check it out. Um, if not, it, it'll pop up on something at some point besides Apple Plus because I think it deserves to be more seen than kind of getting buried on not one of the premium streamers. But anyway, from that soundtrack, uh, Stephen King's Lizzie's King, uh, this is from Clark. I've actually played quite a few uh, electronic songs from Clark, both on my friend's place and Cramwell Mix Show, um, but he is composer of the um, television show soundtrack, and here is the main theme. It's Lizzie's Story, uh, main theme from Clark. Thank you. 
suggesting Who's reels behind our doors And our
ultimatums No last chances missed No savior to arrive Just in the nick of time
right, if you're thinking that sounds a lot like the Postal um, Service, well, there's a reason why, because you have uh, Ben Gibbert doing the guest vocals on a song from uh, Tycho, actually. So, uh, yeah, definitely sounding like a lost uh, Postal Service track. And you've heard it two weeks in a row here on My Friend's Place, which we'll put it up for uh, competition for a turning champion at the end of the show, the song that has been played the most consecutive weeks here on My Friend's Place. But before we get to that, uh, let's get uh, back into a little bit of news and also let you know what you heard in the last half hour uh, mix of music. Let's see, leading things off... um, reviewed the Lizzie story, the new Stephen King series on Apple+. Plus. So, I don't know, sometimes it seems like I plan these sa- things out, or sometimes it just may be total luck. Right after that, you had a Pet Symmetry, which is obviously a play on words for uh, Stephen King's famous novel and movie, Pet Cemetery. But anyway, you had Pet Symmetry with Pet Sympathy. So say that uh, five times fast. Then after that, Women of the Night with Money. Then you heard a Pip Blom, it should have been fun. Then you went from Lone, Hidden by Horizons, uh, featuring uh, Morgan Diaz, I think. Uh, I have to look up that name. But anyway, uh, hope you enjoyed all the music this week here on My Friend's Place. As I've mentioned before earlier in the broadcast, you can find me online at Cramela, which is C-R-A-M-E-L-A. Please consider giving the WGOT Facebook page a like because that will help you keep up to date with all the things that are going on try that again going on here at WGOT whether it's volunteer opportunities uh, different changes to the schedules fundraising and speaking of fundraising we are always it seems like in the middle of one but uh, this one's really important if you go to the WGOT Facebook page and look at the pen post you're really desperately trying to raise funds to hire a very brave person at a go up the tower and kind of figure out what's going on with our signal and then possibly replace or remove or find a different tower so that we can be more centered downtown where our studio is and where let's be honest it's kind of the art and music district of Gainesville so uh, if you want to be a part of helping us make that move you can find that at the WGOT Facebook page like I said just look for the pen post and the current fundraiser so uh, definitely consider doing that Anyway, um, before we head into the last half hour, actually, I guess we're in the last half hour, the last uh, block of music, let's do a little bit of uh, news. We'll start locally. The Grog House. Yeah, that Grog House located on University shut down. Now, normally you would say, oh, there's some kind of sanitary or health code violation with that place, if you know anything about it. Mm, Not so much, actually. Uh, got shut down because the floor it could be collapsing into the business below, which include balls, a bar, campus cuts, <laughs> hair, haircuts, and then also Salty Dog Saloon. So, um, kind of sad news. Not because I ever really uh, frequented the Grog House very often. I have been there a few times to have a, a beer or two. I mean, it opened in 1996, I believe. So at that point, uh, most of my pre-gaming downtown would have been like at Silver Q as uh, Simon's would probably be the place I was winding up. But lots of people like Grog House, and uh, I feel kind of sad because you look at all the construction. In fact, I'm looking at a picture of Grog House now, and you see a construction uh, crane behind it. So basically everything that kind of made Gainesville cool back in the 90s is getting torn down. And replaced with kind of, uh, say, high-rise, but 
five or six story buildings, uh, modern buildings, and it's kind of sad. So um, I don't know what's going to happen at Grog House. I kind of have a feeling it's going to fall the same way that uh, the Swamp Restaurant did and have to find a new location if that's what they're interested in doing. But another sad day, I mean, even for like a place that I didn't necessarily love, um, but to see it shut down and kind of know uh, looking at that this picture what's going to happen to all those buildings here in the very near future as I said uh, more infill type plantings going on and could be the end of the grog house so kind of sad news for for a couple of different reasons also uh, here's a state story and this is one that freaks me out it's from the Palm Beach Post it's been all over the news but here it is a uh, <sighs> Take a deep breath on this one because it freaks me out. There's a gator attack. Now, not the normal gator attack where someone is trying to protect their dog or they're out swimming in a lake that they probably shouldn't be swimming in that's infested with alligators. But this is a bicyclist, and that I am a lot of that quite often. But they fell into the water at a Martin County park and then was attacked by a gator suffering traumatic injury. So here basically is what happened. Um... The cyclist, the bicyclist, lost control around 11 a.m. in this uh, park, riding over a wooden bridge on a trail over a mile into the park. He then fell into a small body of water about six feet down an embankment where he was bit and then uh, attacked by an alligator. Uh, luckily, the man was able to crawl away, and a bystander helped him. So the, they, they caught the um, alligator. The female alligator measured over eight feet long. 170 pounds, and um, I guess they're going to either euthanize it or relocate it. So that has that scenario has long been a fear of mine because, you know, if you know a little bit about the trails out near Lachua and Payne's Prairie, there are some side trails that take you down, not technically supposed to be on, but there are trails that take you down very close to uh, water and embankments, and it was always my greatest fear. Uh, riding around that I would fall into one of those and be attacked by an alligator or I'd be riding fast and there'd be an alligator on the trail and my bike would uh I'd trip basically my bike would hit him I'd go flying over the handlebars and for a long time that was like my nightmare too I'd wake up in the middle of the night having like an alligator attack so that's pretty scary um wasn't really doing anything wrong just kind of bad random luck to fall off your bike and wind up basically, I guess, in, you know, a small little, like, pool of water and have an alligator attack you. So, um, and to be truthful, I mean, alligator attacks are pretty rare. And usually, like I said, uh, they're precipitated by an event, like someone's got a small dog with them or someone's swimming in water kind of at dusk where they shouldn't be. But, wow, that was a scary, like, attack story. And then the last one, I don't have a lot to say about this because all the comedians, all the people, all the memes have had a lot to say about it in the last couple of days is Jeff Bezos flying um, kind of into space. So the first thing I want to bring up, besides all the stuff about how he, the employees are treated at Amazon and how he has so much money and all those other things, is like his rocket ship. Um, I'm sure you've seen it. If you haven't, again, you go to the WGOT Facebook page. I, I just, how do you make a rocket that looks more like a penis? That That's my number one question. And at, like, the, the development meetings, I mean, they must have spent, I don't know, hours and days, like, looking at different designs of rockets. And no one ever, like, brought up the fact that 
this rocket more than any other rocket in history. And let's be honest, rockets naturally have kind of a phallic shape. But there wasn't someone at a meeting that stood up and said, wow, this rocket really looks like a Venus. No one did that. Or did someone stand up and say, well, you know, this really looks like a penis. And Jeff Bezos was like, well, okay. So, um, yeah, he basically rode this giant quote-unquote rocket that looks like a space penis or mega vibrator up into kind of space and came back down, and no one celebrated it. <laughs> so every late-night comedian, every meme in the world has been about this guy for a couple days, and well-deserved. He's got a lot of issues. Um, full disclosure, hey, I use Amazon to ship things. It's kept me out of Walmart, so I appreciate that. But there's so much not to like about this guy. So much uh, like he and um, the the Facebook guy, Zuckerberg, they are the two people in this world, the only two people, I think, that can bring Democrats and Republicans together because they are just so unlikable. And it's amazing how someone, how anyone becomes the head of one of these big corporations without having like some natural charisma or likability. But Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg have neither. In just the interviews with um, Bezos, actually, when he got to the ground wearing that stupid cowboy hat, thanking the employees at Amazon who basically don't get, like, bathroom breaks because they're um, timed all day on the floor of the warehouses. That just, that was sickening. So, um, I'm glad he didn't get the love that he should have got. But, anyway, enough about uh, oh, Jeff Bezos. And hopefully be a name that I won't bring up anytime soon. Um, but in honor, or dishonor, I suppose, of Jeff Bezos, here's spaceships from the rentals.
to see your child again Please watch my powerpoint till the end champion this week on my friend's place moa moa colton candy definitely a uh victory for the people the people that listen to this show each and every week hope you uh enjoyed it as much as i do i don't really see a challenger on the horizon for it but you never know it can happen from week to week here on my friend's place so anyway before we head out of here head thing or hand things god it's like the fifth time i've done that today Hand things over to Fred Souter of Stripped if you're listening live Thursday at 6 p.m. Or maybe you're listening to the replay on Friday. Well, guess what's next? You will hear um, the great, oh gosh, I've lost my train of thought. Believe it, yeah, don't quote me on this. It should be uh, Red Pony Music Hour with H.R. Gertner. And then if you're listening to the replay on Sunday afternoon at noon, Starting at 2 p.m., you should be able to hear Departure with Marcus. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Anyway, thank you so much for listening today. As I've mentioned repeatedly throughout the uh, broadcast, you can find information about WGOT at their WGOT Facebook page. And uh, give that a like. It'll keep you up to date with information. I have failed to uh, mention for once in quite some time we have a Patreon page. And let me say, if you are listening and you are a patron on Patreon, I uh, just can't tell you how much we appreciate you because you give us a steady stream of income as we try to make improvement to the station. And if you're interested in um, being one of those people for, you know, one, two, three, 
maybe $5 a month. You can find information about that by going to the WGOT Facebook page, but also going to patreon.com, searching for uh, WGOT, and that really, really, really helps us out. So um, thank you so much for allowing me to the Lord's work, basically. I mean, we've learned the secrets between or behind A1 Steak Sauce, some great new, like, movie and television reviews. You know, check out uh, Lisey's Story, or, yeah, Lisey's Story. Also, um, uh, Loki, if you haven't seen that yet, check that one out, too. And uh, some news, of course, uh, sad news about uh, the um, Grog house. Yeah, basically, plunging into the balls. So, um, hopefully they get that situation uh, worked out. So until next week, I'll be back same time, same channel. I am out of here. Thank you for listening. <laughs>